Sports Pen with you on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops here and delighted that you're along as always. We made it through another week. It, you know, it, it doesn't feel like we have. Friday feels like every other day at this point. But we made it. We are getting set to head into the holiday weekend. We do so with a few things open in the UP as we start to open up uh, overnight. We're joined on Fridays. That's how you know it is Friday, by the way, is that we're joined by Ryan Stieg. He's kind enough to lend us his time as always and co-host our final show of the week with us. What's going on, Ryan? Not much. Uh, it's it's kind of, it doesn't really, as we talked, it doesn't really feel like a month, uh, it doesn't really feel like a Friday. No. It feels like, it's almost like a Monday in a way. It I'm is not like sure the, why. It is like the most Monday feeling Friday. Like something just feels off about today. I don't know. It's like Fridays are like every other day now for a lot of us. So, you know, we're working from home doing our darndest and it's just, I don't know, just something feels off about today. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's kind of weird, but uh, you know we're making the best of it, and uh, hopefully we can uh, put together some sh- uh, good show that people enjoy. Well, so. we're a little over sixty seconds into the show, and you know you being on air with us that helps me make it uh, feel like it's a Friday for me, and I'm sure the Friday funnies are going to do that for us. That's coming oh. up over the course of the next hour. Plus, a couple of new coaches hired by Northern Michigan this week, including the first in the history of the new eSports program. Plus, how is this 24-team NHL playoffs? How is this going to work? We'll break it down with Ryan. And uh, I tell you what, there was an interesting article I found of the most likely bounce-back players that you got to keep an eye on for fantasy football this year. All that and more coming up over the course next hour, and we're glad to have you along as always. Ryan, where I want to start is kind of where we left off yesterday's show because Vegas, as they tend to do, they have been doing their due diligence, and they came out with the most likely projected win totals, or who's going to win the most games of uh, this coming NFL season, and we're able to put together a playoff bracket, a projected playoff bracket because of it. So I want to get your thoughts, because I, I did a Twitter poll yesterday with the results of this after the show, and I wanted to see what my listeners thought would be the most interesting first-round playoff matchup with our new format because there are some pretty darn good matchups with this one. Let's start in the AFC because the matchups would be as follows. You'd have a wild-card team in Tennessee visiting the West champion, Kansas City Chiefs. You'd have a wild-card in Buffalo visiting the South champion, Indianapolis. And another wild-card in Pittsburgh would visit New England, who is projected to repeat as East champions, Baltimore, would be the top seed and get the bye. Ryan, which matchup would be most intriguing to you? Would it be Tennessee at Kansas City, Buffalo at Indy, or Pittsburgh at New England? Um, kind of, it's kind of sad that New England's going to find their way into the playoffs despite <laughs> the fact that they will win at least 11 games this year. You can bank on it. Well, I, I, I'm hoping that's not the case. I'd like to see a team like Miami or something like that get in there. Um, I'd... They're probably a year away on that, but uh, um, you know, on on based on what happened last year, it's probably Tennessee and Kansas City, just because you know, in many ways, it was. You see, Kansas City has this knack of coming back even when they're down big, and it looked like Tennessee was in control in that game. Mm-hmm. It just. The Chiefs did what they do and came back, and Tennessee just didn't have the weapons to keep up with them. And uh, so I'm intrigued to see what's going to happen this year. Um, 
that's kind of fun. I'm also liking the fact that they're thinking Indianapolis is going to get back in there. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. Um, it's most likely going to be Philip Rivers last year because um, he's getting up there. And when you only get signed for a one-year deal, it's kind of a clear picture that people don't really think you have it anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like, okay, this is your last chance to pretty much make make a run. Maybe if you play well, you know, we might add another deal for next year. But uh, Indianapolis is looking towards the future. My guess is they're probably going to be drafting a quarterback next year. But, uh, um, you know, I, I, I think that would be fun. I think uh, the Colts making a comeback and seeing if the, if the Bills are actually for real, mm-hmm. you know, like if this is actually going to turn into something, it's just going to be – Buffalo doing Buffalo things where, hey, we're making it into the playoffs, but we're not going to really do anything. We're going to get eliminated in the first round. and So I'm I'm excited for that scenario, too. Yeah, potentially, according to Vegas, Indianapolis is going to flip spots with Houston, and Houston is projected to miss the playoffs. It seems like they're always kind of a mainstay, but I get it with Bill O'Brien. I mean, who knows when, what changes he's going to make between now and the season, uh, having already dealt away DeAndre Hopkins. But, you know, I agree with you. I think this could be Indianapolis's year because, Brian, they do have a good team. They have a really good offensive line. They've got a good running attack. I, I really like Marlon Mack. He was on my fantasy team last year. And uh, that Hines they have as his backup, I think he does a, what he's supposed to in the backup role. Good tight end package. I think – uh, T.Y. Hilton is ready to take a step forward. And defensively, they're not too bad either. And, you know, they were looking like they were going to put together a run with a strong first half of last season. And I, you know what? I don't think it's it's too far-fetched to say that all they need is Phillip Rivers to be just a little bit better than Jacoby Brissett was, and they could be a formidable team this year. Yeah, I mean, all the pieces are really there, and uh, it's – O-line was was Indy's weakness for a long stretch. As good as Andrew Luck was, was everybody knows that he just got pummeled, you know, his last couple of, year, couple of years there, and that was the problem. Well, now they fixed the problem, but Luck's retired, and they were hoping Jacoby Brissett would turn into the new breakout player, but he still struggled. He had his moments, but he wasn't consistent enough. So they're thinking, hey, there's maybe – you can have Philip Rivers fill in that role this year. And like you said, all he has to do is be somewhat at the form he used to be, you know, mm-hmm. just play at a consistent level. It doesn't have to be thrown for like 4,500 yards or any of that kind of stuff. Just not screw up, not, you know, make bad interceptions, not, you know, just if he can do that, I think India's be you know i think they could make a deep run and play very well so um yeah it's it's gonna be a transition you know phillips is gonna be there a year just to see where he's gonna be and uh i think indy's gonna go all in on somebody next year so it's it's they're a fun team i think the results of the poll by the way more than half the electorate if you want to call them that say that the most interesting potential first round matchup if that is indeed what the bracket looks like would be Tennessee at Kansas City. 29% went to Pittsburgh at New England and 19% for Buffalo at Indy. So 52% of the electorate 
like Tennessee at Kansas City is the most intriguing potential first-round matchup in the AFC. In the NFC, Ryan, I think a lot of these games could honestly go either way. A lot of these are coin flip matchups. Number seven, Seattle at number two, New Orleans. Number six, Philly at number three, Dallas. Number five, Tampa at number four, Green Bay. San Francisco would be the top seed and get the bye. 59% of the vote went to Tampa at Green Bay. Brady against Rodgers. Although Vegas does think Tampa Bay is going to have more wins than Green Bay. Green Bay would get to host the game as a division champion. Tampa gets in as a wild card. 59% want to see Rodgers, Brady in the playoffs at Lambeau. Uh, 22% say Seattle at New Orleans and 19 Philly at Dallas. Your thoughts on that? Not a surprise with the whole Philly and Dallas thing. Yeah. I think uh, at the at the bottom, um, you know, there's so there's you either like Dallas or you hate Dallas, mm-hmm. and I think if Dallas isn't with Dak Prescott being inconsistent, I think Dallas isn't the kind of team you know you necessarily wanna. They're not like a team you want to tune into, and then you flip it to Philadelphia, where. Carson Wentz, you wonder what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. He's been hit with injuries. He, you wonder if he's going to be the guy Philadelphia wanted. Phil, Nick Foles got them their elusive Super Bowl <laughs> championship. <laughs> Carson Wentz was supposed to do that, and he really hasn't been earth-shattering. Like he was, you know, supposed to be the game changer. He was, like I said, obviously injuries have played a role in that, but he still isn't really what they were hoping to get out of him. So I, I'm wondering what's going to happen there. Then you flip it. Um, Seattle, New Orleans is fun in its own way because is Drew Brees on his last legs? Mm-hmm. You know, is, is how much, how many more chances is Drew Brees going to have? And I think they're really limited. I think the last three years have been great chances for him you know they lost to the vikings last second play made to the a- nfc championship game probably should have made the super bowl had they done that it was probably going to be a more competitive super bowl than it was against new england and then last year they lost to minnesota again and it's just you wonder what are they is this kind of drew Brees' last ride and i'm thinking it's getting to that point so and then you got seattle which is who is Seattle? You know, Seattle was so dominant during that heyday, and now it's like, okay, they're there, but are they, you know, are they ever going to get back to what they used to be? So that one's kind of fun. And of course, the Green Bay Tampa Bay one, now that Brady's in Tampa, everybody wants to see if he can do it. And uh, I, am I the only one who's not that amped about Tampa this year? No, I'm I not mean, either. So, so many people are like, Oh yeah, this you know with Brady now, Tampa's gonna go deep. Mm. You know this is now a Super Bowl team, and it's like no, they're not. No, they they're not even gonna win their division. Yeah, they're they're still got offensive line issues. Yeah, they've got weapons on offense, but that defense, I'm still not convinced to get you know about. It's I think there's a chance they get in, right? But they're not they're not gonna really do anything. I think the Packers are the more complete team. And I think it's fun to see the whole Brady Rogers thing, but Aaron's still near the top of his game. 
Whereas Brady, as we saw last year, kind of isn't what he used to be anymore. You know, he doesn't have the, I mean, he still has the Brady, how do I say it, aura about him that, you know, you think if you're down, you know, he'll find a way to get you a win. But it's like his stats weren't great. His last pass in Patriot history was a pick six. <laughs> and it's just, yeah, I it doesn't have the appeal that it once had, you know, like a, a Rogers Brady Super Bowl would have been amazing mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, but now it's like, okay, it could still be fun, but it's, it's just not the same, but I understand why people would be excited for it. I tell you what, um, I, I, I'm not amped for Tampa Bay. I'm intrigued. I'll say that I'm intrigued to see what they will do and what they're going to look like. But like you said, now I don't have, uh, Super Bowl expectations for them. I want to shift gears here real quick, and then we'll shift right back after the break. But uh, we won't have time to get my next NFL segment in here before the break. So let's introduce a couple of new head coaches at NMU because there were a couple of hirings here in the last couple of days. And first of all, Eric Lentigan will be the next Alpine skiing head coach. I don't know, Ryan, if you've had the chance to research some of these guys, but I did a little bit of research, some background on him, and formerly coached at Charlevoix, and after that went on to be the uh, head uh, ski coach at Petoskey High School, and now is uh, making his way up to Northern, but he's been a teacher for most of his life. I know Forrest Carr is really impressed with the teaching aspect of his uh, background and was a big reason why he ended up getting the job here at Northern. And then the eSports team has their first ever head coach, and that is William Goretto Balmer. And uh, I tell you what, he's... I don't know. I don't know a whole lot about this background, what have you, but he was a coach of Purpose Gamers Platt and Red Team. I don't know what that is, what have you, but uh, he's he's got experience as an esports coach before. He coached the Grim Legion team and uh, was previously uh, the head coach at Western Michigan. So he makes the trip over to Northern to help start this program. Well, first to talk about alpine skiing i think it's cool well first i'm wondering how the whole situation is going to work with northern because if you look across the country you see colleges just they're cutting programs to save costs during the COVID epidemic and whereas a couple years ago northern went all in we're adding you know new sports we're you know really trying to enhance our profile a little more and I'm I'm wondering, you know, I'm hoping that, you know, with these new sports that they'll actually be able to last, you know, they won't just kind of, okay, we'll do it for a couple of years, but, you know, our expense is going to be too much, so we're going to have to go away. So I'm hoping that's not the case, but I like the fact that they're doing alpine skiing because, you know, people are into skiing around here. They have Market Mountain is almost always packed whenever I drive past there. And it's Marquette High School has been so dominant, um, you know, in alpine skiing that I can really think people could embrace it up here. Um, plus, you got the fact that Nordic skiing has been so successful over the years, understand, that I think that can translate over. Um, and it would be a, a really cool thing if those skiing teams can really take off. It's interesting that uh, they added – a, um, a high school coach, you know, um, you maybe you, you wonder if you're starting a new program, would you go the other route, maybe try to find 
a culture with alpine skiing at the college level kind of thing, but they decided to go high school. Um, so that could be kind of fun seeing if a guy can, you know, go from high school to college. Um, Cause it's a big change. Mm. You know, you're going from teaching teenagers how to ski to coaching guys, you know, guys, who, guys and women who actually know how to ski and ski pretty well and basically just trying to enhance their abilities. So I'm, I'm intrigued to see what's going to play out there with esports. I'm still trying to figure out what esports actually is. <laughs> <laughs> like I know about it. I know all these competitions and I've even watched, you know, a little bit of esports events, but I'm like, Hmm, what, uh, what's actually going to come out of this? And I guess the big question with the coaching thing is, how are you? In, how do you be an esports coach? You know, mm -hmm. you have guys who are playing in front of you, and they're basically playing video games in front of you. What wh what guidance as a coach would you provide? You know, if yep. they're in a team thing, do you say like, hey, you know, I think you should guard your flank more on this thing? You know, I mean, I just that that's the wonderment that I have, and uh, I. I it would be a cool interview to do with him and mm -hmm. you know, just be like, so what did, you know, when you're in a competition, what would you do? What do you, what do you provide? Are, are you there as like an organizational thing? Are you seen as advice? Your players come to you for advice. Do you um, watch your team over the course in between breaks? Do you have a strategy meeting? You know, I, I don't know. I, that, that's the fun part. Um, I'm wondering if it's going to take off up here. It's a unique thing um, to go. In. There's not a whole lot of colleges around the country who have esports, so that's kind of a, 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 you know, a unique thing for Northern. So it's, uh, it's fun in its own way. I'm, uh, I want to see, you know, if if they're going to have a competition, I don't know. I want to drop in and just see what it's like. Oh, absolutely. I'm very yeah, interested. And I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's a method to coaching and, you know, I'm going to try and get him on the show here and uh, to just kind of pick his brain because I'm fascinated. I do know it's fast growing because uh, uh, Finlandia, they have it now. And so does Michigan Tech. And even my little 900 uh, student college back in Iowa, they just added the program a couple of weeks ago. So it is something fast growing. I'm fascinated to see what happens here by the way just see the uh, latest episode of american dad this week we're doing this again ryan but monday night's american dad episode uh was about esports and stan was forced by his boss to make steve his son a player coach for their team and steve coaches the team as they go on a mission which involves playing in an international competition worth the watch with uh with the new <laughs> hiring yeah it's uh I, I i saw clips of it i didn't get to see the whole episode but uh that sounds like a Stan kind of a thing that he would be forced into doing. Um, I think it's just I, I'm I want to see if uh, you know <clears throat> people up here get into it because mm -hmm. it's kind of it's very much a niche sport yeah. to say yeah. you know uh, I you know and you know some people might make the case and maybe it's not a sport you know but I I think. I think it is, and I mean, I want to see if it's going to 
generate fans up here? You know, are fans going to show up for it? Because I, I have my doubts that anybody up here has really sat in on an esports competition yeah. before up here. So if you have, you know, kudos for doing so. But I, I, it'd be interesting to see um, just what it's all about because. You know, sometimes I'll see it now on TV and I'll be like, how complicated is this? Yeah. You know, and or is it actually more simple than I than it might appear? Or it's it, it's fun its own way. It's an interesting route that Northern took in adding esports instead of, you know, maybe going with a more traditional sport. I know people have wondered, are they eventually going to add women's hockey? Um, I think it will at some point. Um, because, you know, it'd be a great, you know, fill in the spot thing, you know, especially with uh, the women's WCHA. But at the same time, people don't realize that hockey's really expensive, you know, and having, you know, you then would have to share ice time with the men's team. And, you know, and then if, you know, until basketball, you know, potentially gets its new facility then you have to share the with the basketball team and you already have that problem with hockey and basketball to begin with and then you add women's hockey it just it's um i can understand them waiting on it yeah you know just a little while longer i think they will eventually add women's hockey division one varsity hockey i think it's going to be a couple more years just because you want to make sure you get it right mm -hmm. if you're going to add a big sport like that you know but it was, I I think they're they're progressively improving, and that's uh that's nice to see that Northern's really kind of expanding their look overall. Standard hoops, Ryan Stieg with you in ESPN UP. Let's take our first time out. When we come back, players to watch if you're playing fantasy football this year. Who's due for a bounce back? We'll tell you next on ESPN UP. Household Appliance is ready to take care of you and your appliance needs. May is Maytag month, and there are huge incentives right now on quality, built-in-the-USA Maytag appliances. Stay home, stay safe has allowed many people to realize that their kitchen appliances need to be replaced or that their washers and dryers just aren't doing the trick. Well, Household Appliance and Marquette has the quality and the savings of Maytag during May is Maytag month. Maytag quality lasts, but these incentives won't last for very long. Household Appliance, where service after the sale is a tradition. Sale ends June 3rd. Now back to the sports pen. Here's Tanner Hoop. because they maybe had a down year a season ago. Maybe they were injured and they're primed for a bounce back. I got a list of seven players that was put together by sports writer Justin Boone. And Ryan, I want to go through each of these with you and get your thoughts on the potential for these guys to have a bounce back season. Again, I didn't put this list together. I just came across it. And I want to garner Ryan's thoughts and have a conversation here. And the first one on the list Ben Roethlisberger, if he can stay healthy, he tends to show that he can be a top 10, uh, maybe even higher than that, quarterback in the NFL. Uh, he is advancing in age. He's, I don't know, he looks out of shape, but somehow is in shape. Uh, but either way, Ben Roethlisberger is someone that sports writer Justin Boone believes is primed for a bounce back year in 2020. 
Was he a member of the 03 or 04 class? I'm 04. To remember. 04, yeah. So he's definitely uh, he's definitely getting up there. Um, late 30s, approaching 40. You wonder how many seasons he has left. However, when he has played and been healthy, he's been very successful. Now, I had this in the funnies, but I'll add it in now since we're talking about him. He had grown this massive beard mm. we're talking like joe thornton you know brent burns level beard and he said he wasn't going to shave it until he was able to throw an nfl quality pass and someone asked him are you talking like to a toddler and he goes no to one of my nfl receivers <laughs> <laughs> and and so i guess he grabbed you know a couple of his uh receivers on the steelers went to a you know a passing session and Apparently was able to complete some long passes, some sideline ones. Guys are making nice catches. So he felt he was good enough to shave off the beard. So I would have been more intrigued to see him play with a massive beard underneath (laughs) that helmet. I think that would have created a great image. But he decided to shave it. Um, I think he's prone for a good comeback year. I think he's got a lot of... A good, you know, some good gas left the tank. I wouldn't say like a full tank, but I would say at least it's half full. You know, he's got, I would say, two, three years maybe left in him, depending on, you know, injuries and how good the Steelers want to be around him. You know, if they mm. give him the pieces, you know, I think it could be a big success for him. But, uh, you know, I, I think he's prone to one. I think he's going to, you know, have a pretty solid season. You know, and he spent most of last year on injured reserve, and so did Juju Smith-Schuster. You put Schuster back onto the field, and that's obviously a huge weapon. And then Roethlisberger, all he needs to do is play just better than Devlin Hodges and Mason Rudolph set that bar so ridiculously low. And we know how, how Roethlisberger is uh, is more than capable of doing that. And Pittsburgh was right there to, to make a playoff push at the end of the regular season. They were right there. So there's a lot of optimism if Roethlisberger can even just play better than Rudolph and Hodges did at the quarterback position. And by the way, have you seen Ryan Fitzpatrick's beard lately? That, I'm hoping he keeps it the way it is because I don't know how it will get his helmet on. I really don't. I, it's, uh, I love when guys have huge beards, like not like – a typical beard but like one that they've been growing that looks like they've been growing for like eight years and it's just bushy or joe thornton where there's massive patches of gray (laughs) (laughs) or you know where you can make like civil war memes out of it Mm -hmm. uh i think i um getting back to the steelers you know that like you said they were almost there they're maybe a step or two away and i think having a a good, you know, back-to-health Roethlisberger would be huge for them. Mason Rudolph is clearly not the answer, <laughs> and there's, you know, the other guys. So it's like I would – I think having him back would make automatically make the Steelers better. I think they're still behind the Ravens, you know, mm-hmm. in the division, but uh, I think they can still make some noise. I think they're <laughs> – I think people realize that the Browns are not back, (laughs) despite what, uh, you know, some predictions might be. So I think, you know, Pittsburgh has a chance at a wild card berth, you know. Um, I I like it. 
you know, I think they're going to be better, and uh, I'm intrigued to see what Roethlisberger does. Another guy that's on Justin Boone's list of players for fantasy football that are poised to have a bounce-back season, how about David Johnson, running back of the Houston Texans, formerly with the Cardinals? And Ryan, I don't know, have we seen somebody who's been more impacted by a single negative highlight clip than David Johnson? He had his ankle injury in Week 7. Kenyon Drake came in, was actually running the ball pretty well. And Johnson, I think, was worried about getting Wally pipped and losing his starting spot. So maybe he rushed himself back in Week 10. Either way, there was that clip from their Week 10 game where he just looked so sluggish, and he clearly rushed himself back, and it was probably to save his starting position. But uh, David Johnson's a guy that the talent is there. Injuries have always been his Achilles heel, but uh, but he's going to a new team, working in a new system, and you know he knows that he's the guy there. If he can stay healthy, there's a reason to think he could have a bounce back year. I don't, I'm a little more wary of because he rushed it he rushed it back and he looked off and it seems like it's harder for running backs to come back than it is quarterbacks and i don't know if it's just because you're relying on your speed so much and i i don't know it's when adrian peterson went down you know he with he hasn't quite been the same you know i mean he looked He's shown glimpses they can be good, but with the Redskins, it's been meh, you know, meh, maybe. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just, I don't know. I've seen running backs look so good to start off, and then they'll get injured, and they struggle to get back to where they used to be. So I don't think I'm not as positive as I am with Roethlisberger. And a lot of that is maybe because Roethlisberger's done so much in his career. Mm. You know, I saw, I don't know, I'm, I'm hoping he can come back. I'm hoping he can be successful, but I, I'm not, I don't know, I, I my expectations are pretty low for him. Here's the one that uh, I really don't agree should be on this list. And again, Justin Boone, sports writer for The Score, put this together. Players who were prime for a bounce back year in 2020. I don't agree with this one, Ryan. Le'Veon Bell, he's a 28-year-old starting to get up there, and they they, they just signed Frank Gore out in New York, and he's, I get it, 37, but he's always been a reliable, dependable guy, and he won't beat out Bell for the starting job, but he's a great depth piece, but the other biggest obstacle with Le'Veon Bell trying to bounce back, his head coach is Adam Gase, a guy who has been terrible for running backs everywhere he's gone. There has never been a running back who's been successful with Adam Gase's system. I mean, it's just not friendly to running backs. Plus, they hate each other. Le'Veon and Gase, they just don't like each other. So, I, I don't know. I'm not optimistic about Le'Veon having a comeback here. Uh, I'm less optimistic about him than I am about David Johnson. <laughs> I just, <laughs> he, like you said, he he doesn't like he doesn't like Adam Gase as a coach. So there, you got a problem there. Running backs aren't successful I, I, with Adam Gase. So there's another strike. And you got Frank Gore, and mm-hmm. Frank Gore is a workhorse. Frank Gore is probably one of the quietest, maybe best running backs in NFL history. I mean, the guy is <laughs> gradually approaching the rushing record, mm-hmm. and it's he's done it so quietly because Frank Gore isn't like he's not a Barry Sanders highlight reel guy. He's just a guy who consistently gets it done week after week. And, you know, if you have that, a guy who's going to give you everything he has, is going to give you 
the yards you need, do you really need a Le'Veon Bell? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I know Frank Gore's getting up there, but if he's still playing at a high level, if he can still give you in a thousand yard season, maybe fifteen hundred, do you really need Le'Veon Bell? Mm-hmm. So I, I, I. My if my expectations are low for David Johnson. They're even lower for Le'Veon Bell. So. I tell you what, we are just across the bottom of the hour. I do want to finish this list, but let's take a break first and come back to it. The final four players on Justin Boone's list primed for a bounce back year in 2020. Next on ESPN-UP. Here's Tom from Donkers in the Delft. All right, the Donkers in the Delft currently have curbside pickup, online ordering, and delivery. It's a great opportunity for everybody to taste our wonderful food. We also have programs you can, when you order online, you can join the Rock Club or the Bulb Club and you get discounts 11%. We'll send you a message when your order is ready on the curb and uh, we'll also make sure we send you a message when we're going to deliver your order. You can go to our website, donkersonline.com or the Online.com. Lawns and gardens grow better on topsoil than on rocks. Ishpeming Concrete is now open for you to get your planting season started. Get a half yard of topsoil gently loaded into your pickup truck for just 18 bucks. That's a whole lot less than the 25 bags you'd need from the home store. Sweeten up your plantings and fix your lawn from the ravages of winter. Topsoil, the softer side of Ishpeming Concrete. 400 Stone Street behind Robbins Flooring. Open weekdays 8 till 4.30. Locally owned with a total commitment. Commitment to quality. There's no contact paying with a credit card, and you don't need to leave your vehicle. Now open Saturdays, 7 to noon. Now back to the sports pen. Here's Tanner Hoop. Jerry Sloan has passed away due to complications from Parkinson's disease. The team announced earlier today he was 78 years old. New England Patriots owner Robert Kraft sold his Super Bowl 51 championship ring for $1 million at a charity auction. The proceeds will go to Feeding America, Meals on Wheels, World Central Kitchen, and No Kid Hungry. And finally, carrots were first grown in Afghanistan. I bet you didn't know that, Ryan. I did not know that. Carrots were uh, first grown in Afghanistan. Uh, I bet there's a lot of stuff out there that, that have been grown <laughs> or invented that a lot of people don't know about. So um, getting to Jerry Sloan, is Jerry Sloan going to be one of the more underrated coaches? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the guy was extremely successful in Utah. He was good in Chicago. You know, I think people, you know, remember Phil Jackson so well, they forget about Jerry Sloan. Mm. But, uh, you know, it's like he was he was a quiet, successful guy. You know, the guy just went in and won games. He wasn't doing crazy antics on the sideline. He didn't have the superstar quality athletes that Phil has had over the years. He was just a guy who won games. I mean, yeah, you can see Ed Malone and Stockton and utah but still though Mm. i mean even after they left he was relatively successful yeah so it's like i i feel like he's gonna be forever underrated you feel like 2020 i know has been just it's been a mess and it's drained a lot of us in a lot of ways but you think about the basketball community this year in 2020 we've lost kobe david stern and now jerry sloan and we're not even halfway through the year 
Yeah. And uh, that, uh, and COVID is still alive. Yeah. And yeah, so we'll see how many people that affects. So it's, <laughs> I, I have a feeling they're not going to be the only ones, which is really unfortunate. Right. But uh, to start off with those big names, you wonder who's next. And uh, I, well, you know, is, is it the rule that people die in threes? Is that what it is? I don't, Isn't I, that I don't know. People, I've never heard that. Yeah, I've heard that, like, if a famous person, you know, passes away, then you're going to see two more <laughs> in the general vicinity of when that happens. So you wonder who's it going to be. And uh, I'm, ho- I'm hoping that's not the case. But uh, from what I've noticed over the years, it's usually somebody else that's famous will pass away either the next day or within that same week. Well, like so. even in the last week or so, we lost Phyllis George, Fred Willard, uh, Jerry <laughs> Seinfeld, or not Jerry Seinfeld, I'm sorry. <laughs> Jerry Stiller. Jerry Stiller, yes, thank you. He was on Seinfeld, but Jerry Stiller. Uh, Tom Dempsey passed away from COVID-19. Uh, hey, we, I just, it's sad. It's depressing. Let's, let's move on. That's, that's yeah, a depressing. Let's, yeah. let's get back to the NFL list of players who are primed for a potential breakout year, according to Justin Boone, a writer for the score. I don't think we're going to get to the NHL uh, bracket today. That's all right. We'll save that for next week. But here's the next one that he has on his list. And I, I really am high on this guy. T.Y. Hilton. You know, we mentioned him earlier that he's, uh, he's you know, been a constant for Indianapolis, but obviously was uh, – hampered by injuries last year he's going to have a significantly better quarterback thrown to him I think there's a lot of reason I think there's a a lot of optimism for T.Y. Hilton to have a bounce back year I think uh you know other than Roethlisberger the list so far I'm I'm very high on him I feel you know he was one of the receivers that's impressed me over the years and I think he has the capability to be that go-to guy I'm does he have the ability to be like a legendary Hall of Famer? No, he hasn't really shown that, but I think he's going to be that, you know, he can be a good number one guy or a lockdown number two receiver if you can get a number, a, you know, a true number one guy. So I'm very positive about that, and especially because he has a better quarterback throwing him to, throwing to him. Um, I, I think he's bound for a huge bounce back here. I tell you what, um, here's another guy that I think is – He's an interesting case because I'm not totally sure how to feel about him is uh, Brandon Cooks, who will be playing with a new quarterback this year as he was traded to Houston. At one time, Ryan, he was a fantasy football stud. I mean, he was a monster that was racking up points and making fantasy owners happy that they picked him. But, uh, you know, he's he went to New England and Brady in his twilight was thrown to him. Before that, he had Jared Goff, what I think we can all agree is uh, – uh, not worthy of being the number one overall pick like he was back in 2016, but now he gets Deshaun Watson, and he might quickly become, or he'll be in the running to be Watson's favorite target. This will be the best quarterback, arguably, that he's played with throughout uh, his career, and he's going to step in and try to fill the void left with DeAndre Hopkins departing for Arizona, albeit he is 26 years old, and this is what gives me concern, Ryan, is that he's 26 with five concussions already through his NFL career. That's that's the thing that gives me pause. And uh, concussions aren't easy to come back from. No. And it does have a huge effect on you, um, despite what you, you know, you might want, not think that it's going to have an effect on you, but it does. It just, it, you know, 
he was a bust for me, <laughs> fantasy wise. <laughs> I, I picked him up thinking, oh, this is this guy's gonna be huge for me, and like the guy struggled to hit ten a week, and uh, at times, and I think one week he hit like eight was this high point, and it was just like, I don't know, I the concussion thing worries me and uh you wonder with his age you know does he you know how much i I, it's like i think deshaun watson will help him but Mm -hmm. i don't think he's going to be the reliable guy that deandre hopkins was for houston here is another receiver that's on this list somebody that justin boone believes is poised for a bounce back year this season deshaun jackson who had that just an incredible start to last season. The first two weeks, he looked really darn good, and then just fell off after that. And I, I don't, I don't know. There's, uh, there's reason to believe that maybe Carson Wentz can, uh, can bring the best out of him this year, especially now that they've upgraded the receiver core in the off season, particularly through the draft. Um, I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure how I feel about this, Sean Jackson. Honestly, I feel like his best days are behind him, and if I can get him at a value pick, sure, but. He's not someone I'm going to aggressively try to pursue in the draft. No, I, I think he's – I think Deshaun Jackson's moved towards more of a flex, you know, level of fantasy. He's not like the, the wide receiver one or two that's going to get you the numbers that you want week by week. He's going to be more of a that helper, you know. Maybe he can help you get the numbers that pushes you up, you know, pushes you ahead in a close battle every week you know so i think his best days are behind him but i still think after that start that maybe he still has you know like i said before you know he's one of those guys that maybe still has something left in the tank you know he can give you a little more maybe he still has a year or two left in him and uh i mean my expectations aren't high but i think he's could still have a solid season this year. The last player on this list of players projected to have a bounce, excuse me, a bounce back year in fantasy football this year, Evan Ingram, New York Giants tight end. And you know what? He's been good when he's healthy, Ryan. When he's on the field, he's been fairly productive through his uh, first couple of seasons, but he has missed a total of 13 games already, and this is only his third year in the league. Um, he had that Liz Frank surgery. I get it. You know, it's you try to come back from that as best you can. You never know really what you're going to get from that type of surgery. But last year, before he went down and missed the uh, rest of the season, only five other tight ends were more productive in fantasy football. And, uh, and and here's the thing. He's got a new offensive coordinator with Jason Garrett, who got pretty solid production from uh lumbering mass that was Jason Witten, and he's going to get a younger, more athletic, probably a little more versatile guy here. Um, I think there's reason to be optimistic about Ingram. It's just can he stay on the field and stay healthy? When he was on the field for me, he was a monster. Yeah. He he was racking up yards. He was putting up points. And that was was great to see. But the injuries have just hurt him. He's missed a lot of games. Um, I want to feel positive about him because he's relatively young. But at the same time, it starts to have an effect on you mm. after a while. And I think I'm a little positive about him, but I'm also going to be kind of – in fantasy this year, he's not going to be the first tight end I go no. after. 
um, I, if he's available, you know, and I have to pick a tight end because you know, I it's time for me to pick one. <laughs> I'll probably get I'll probably get him. But uh, you know, if I have a chance to get somebody better, I'm probably going to go someone who's been healthier than he has been. That is Justin Boone's list of players who are most likely to have a bounce back season in 2020 assuming that we will have the season you know what ryan i do think that we're going to i do think we're going to have the season and you know what here's the thing because uh maybe we can squeeze in here the nhl restart uh potential restart what have you we are going to have sports i really do believe that we are going to have sports and we're probably going to have fans in the stands too you know what my feelings about the whole situation they change they fluctuate just like the whole situation does and you know my, my feelings are moving uh along with it i just you know it's a it's become a red blue issue it's a red state blue state issue green is going to trump red and blue okay green is what it's all about money and unrest i mean people people just are bored with this and you know what a lot it's not just that a lot of people want to get back to work they're worried about their jobs our economy is just it's dying right now we have almost what one in four people on unemployment right now it's just i do believe that there are going to be sports this year and there probably are going to be people in the stands because green trumps red and blue and people are just over this and are seeking some return to normalcy i think you will see sports but i don't think you're going to see fans at the level that you want no i think there's going to be and i think people are kind of accepting of it but i think they really need to be realistic in the fact that you know you're gonna at, at least start off the fall sports you may start off with no fans in the stands mm-hmm. you know and that's just a general precaution to have you know yeah but i feel like we are eventually gonna have fans i don't think you're gonna see a hundred thousand packing the big house this no. year <laughs> you, know? you know and it's not a it it's not a uh, should we issue it's a reality issue i mean we, yeah. we are headed this way uh whether we should or not i really do believe that we are headed this way I, I think things are moving in a positive direction but i think also people need to know that you know this isn't completely gone mm-hmm. you know we need to be smart you know, we need to be smart about this and you know it's i'm glad people are starting to get back to work i'm glad things are starting to get normal but you know, it's been predicted several times that there's going to be a second wave of this. Mm-hmm. And I want everybody who's coming back to realize, okay, there's still some rules in place, right. you know? Yeah, like, let's try to, at least for now, <laughs> you know, go in happy, but, you know, realistic, too. Like, you, you know, like, yeah, let's be smart about this, you know? If, you know... The facility has to be at like 50% capacity. Let's try to keep it at 50% capacity. Don't, you know, just things are going to get back to normal. Mm-hmm. They're going to be that way. But you need to be cautious of what's going on. Um, I think the NHL and the NBA have accepted the fact that just where they were in the season, and if they want to finish it out, they're probably going to have to do it without fans. Mm-hmm. I know that it is disappointing, but it's just the situation they're in. Right. When, they're situa- when they got hit with it, it was approaching the postseason, and they're just gonna, if they want to get it in, that's just going to have to deal with. And um, I'm hoping they finish the year. I'd love to see playoffs. It's not going to be quite the same, but this is something that's you know hasn't happened really ever in today's 
age of society. Yeah, it happened, you know, Spanish flu back in the day. But you know, at this level and this today's modern society, it really hasn't. And I think people just need to be aware that this year is going to be different. Next year, I think, is going to be better. But this year is just the playoffs are going to be different. <laughs> the, you know, the setup is good. You know, it's just it's going to be a weird year. But I think if people are just smart about it, I think we're going to get back to normal. And uh, I, I'm looking forward to that eventually happening. I, I tell you what, Ryan, real quick here before the break, let's detail uh, just briefly about the NHL and the NBA's restart plans because I actually like what I'm hearing from this in the sense that I'm very intrigued to see a 2014 playoff bracket in the NHL. I mean, you're, you're bringing in 24 teams for the playoffs, and ultimately that means more games, more hockey. I mean, that I, I'm all for that. And then basketball, the plan, this is really interesting because I hadn't heard this before, but I saw it was uh, tweeted earlier today by Kevin Smith, and uh, Kevin Smith of the NBA, and his tweet said, told today that if the NBA does resume with all 30 teams at a single site, game days will likely look like summer league. Games would be almost all day long, starting around noon until the regular season is complete, and playoffs would follow a more normal schedule. This is the first time really hearing that we might finish the regular season, and games all day. It's a marathon of basketball games. We're going to finish out the regular season. It's just, I'm, I, I'm okay with that. That, that kind of sounds cool to me. I you remember when ESPN used to have 24 hours of basketball, college basketball? They're not going to go that route, but it'd be interesting seeing games at like maybe starting at like 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. and just a revolving thing over and over and over again until the games are done. I kind of like that. I, 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 you know, they want to get it in and let's just finish the year. Um, I don't know with the regular season, I want them to do it, but I also want to make sure that it's worth it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's sometimes, you know, like you got the NFL, the NFL, the NHL and their 24 <laughs> <laughs> team playoff system that they're just going to maybe have to deal with. Maybe instead of finishing out the regular season, the NBA should just have to go that route. I want to see them finish the regular season, but you know, you just, you want to make sure it goes the right way, mm. and uh, I, I'm that. But I am excited about the idea of having games constantly over the course of the day, where you turn on the TV and hey, there's a game at ten, there's a game <laughs> at noon, there's a game at two. There's you know that's kind of it. It creates a new element. It's like almost like New Year's Day with mm-hmm. college football, you know, where there's multiple games on multiple networks, it'd be kind of fun. How about, like, Thanksgiving or right around the Thanksgiving time when they're having the Maui invite and they're playing on Hawaii time so you can watch college basketball at 2 in the morning? I That would be crazy. And also with the 24-hour basketball, remember, like, the mid-major games that would start at, like, <laughs> 4 in the morning? <laughs> and the idea that, hey, we're in front of a national audience – but I'm like, at the same time, it's like, who's going to watch it at 3 in the morning? <laughs> you know, unless you're, unless you're like a rabid fan of that team, you're not going to really stay up to watch it. I, uh, can you imagine going to bed and just be like, okay, set my alarm for 2 a.m. Oh, so boy, it's 2 a.m. Can't wait to watch IUPUI take on USC Upstate. Is, yeah. Uh, you know, or uh, <laughs> I um, – 
you know, Central Florida take on, you know, Northern Arizona or mm-hmm. something like that. It's just, it's, it was a weird time, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting sports done, but I just want it to be done the right way. I, I don't want this to be screwed up. Exactly. And yeah. So. To enter hoops, Ryan Stig with you. Friday Funnies next on ESPN YouTube. Remember health insurance reform in 2013? There were new choices. Some good, some not. And lots of confusion. Fast was there to help customers through the process and make sure they were protected. Well, here we go again with auto insurance reform. Vast is ready to help you choose the best protection for you, your family, and your future. There's no one-size-fits-all here. Let Vast help you navigate the options and understand the big picture of your coverage. Now back to the Sports Pad. Here's Tanner Hoop. Store Google Play. We end every week with the Friday Funnies. Ryan is kind enough to track down some of the funniest things in the world of sports, and he has done so once again this week. What do you have, Ryan? You know, if I'm going to start off with weight and the fact that, you know, from what I've gathered so far on social media, is that during this, you know, this quarantine time, you're either going two routes. There's some people who are just really hardcore into exercise and they're shedding pounds and apparently feel the need to tell everybody about it (laughs) or or you know some people are just like you know i'm stuck inside i'm gonna gorge myself on whatever i want that's what i'm doing yeah and i'll deal with it later you know when i'm back when things are back to normal well one nfl team is requiring players to take a pick of the scale and then send it to the team on how they weigh every day and have the trainers tell them how to fix it okay i wouldn't want anybody to know how much i weigh on a daily basis imagine doing that as a player and just be like well (laughs) i worked out today but i also had a steak so i you know i'm kind of you know it's just it seems like a weird way of going about it you know what team uh it's it's being kept secret from who it is but uh, you can have your theories on who it is. It sounds uh, like something the Browns would do, or to the Redskins, someone with a really yeah. terrible ownership group. Uh, Dad, I wouldn't be surprised if Dan Snyder was the one who was trying <laughs> to institute this rule. But uh, it, so the last dance is done. It's all over. We're done. Um, the whole Michael Jordan thing. But I found this funny in the fact that his daughter, during his heyday, his daughter was still relatively young. And didn't really understand just how big her father was. Mm-hmm. So she told the Associated Press when she was a kid, she used Google to see why her dad is such a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, just imagine that being the biggest basketball star in the world and having your kids have no clue why you're so famous. <laughs> so I, uh, <laughs> I, I, that's one of my favorite ones that I found. Um, so. During the last dance, did you ever mention this on the show, the prop bets that were going on with it? I didn't mention those. Yeah. Well, apparently during the course of the thing is that people were putting prop bets up on what might happen each week. Um, In the last two episodes, people were wondering, okay, how many guys will have cigars in their mouths at some point during the episode? (laughs) How many times will there be F-bombs dropped? Will Michael Jordan cry 
will Jordan be eventually shown in his Wizards uniform? You know, just fun stuff. It's almost like a Super Bowl mm -hmm. kind of in a way. Like, you're having fun with it. And uh, to answer your question, all four of those did happen at some point. <laughs> all four of those categories. And uh, I think it was Grand Tour of Guys with Cigars was like three. And F-Bombs was, I think, three. And uh, Jordan Cry, yes, it happened. And he was briefly shown in his wizard uniform. So <laughs> of those four, those were all happened. But uh, apparently it was a running thing over the course of it. And I think that was kind of fun. Um, I think uh, we'll go to we'll go to other with the last dance. In regard to the famous food poisoning slash flu game, uh, the last dance director said, why did Jordan get affected more than anybody else? on the team because he said Jordan spit on the pizza so no one else would eat it. <laughs> and, so that would probably be why if my teammate were to hawk something on the pizza, it would make me less likely to want to eat it. <laughs> so that's probably what happened. Uh, it's not the whole conspiracy that the Utah pizzeria, you know, tried to poison him because apparently uh, when he would do commercial shoots, I guess he had somebody cook for him and they would make cinnamon rolls and to keep anybody else from eating them, he would spit on the cinnamon rolls. <laughs> so he kind of did this to himself, you know, and it's, you know, you'd think like if you're in any way worried about it, you'd be like telling your teammates, Hey, have a slice. And they could be like, Hey, this tastes a little funny. You know, Mike, you probably shouldn't have any of this instead of keeping anybody from doing a taste test and having the effect happen to you. But uh, I don't think there was a conspiracy. I think uh, it just happened. And uh, But, yeah, spitting on a pizza, that's not really the uh, route I would have gone with. Maybe that's why he said that he thought people would think he was a jerk. Yeah, <laughs> I, I kept my teammates from eating so I could eat the pizza. <laughs> um, so, keeping with the basketball thing, Allen Iverson apparently did not lift weights when he was in the NBA. And his justification was that S was too heavy. <laughs> so, I kind of like that. Wow, why aren't you in the weight room today? Because that's heavy. <laughs> why would I want to do that? <laughs> I feel like you should justify that, like, when you're, you know, like, did you run your miles today? No, because it was three miles. That's, That's tiring. Long. You don't want to get yeah, sweaty. Yeah. It's like, I can shoot well. I can ball handle. What do I need to lift weights for? I kind of like that attitude. <laughs> I'm sure coaches are like not liking my perspective on it, but I think that's funny. Um did you see that a Chapel Hill hotel is recreating the Jordan days? I did not see that. Okay, so a Chapel Hill hotel in North Carolina is recreating Michael Jordan's UNC dorm room. He, they're calling it the Jordan Suite. It's room 23, and they're making it identical to what his dorm room looked like when he was with the Tar Heels. Um, there's going to be pennants on the wall, little trophies. There's going to have... You know, basically exactly what it looked like. It was almost kind of like back when, you know, you used to do NCAA football video game. Mm -hmm. You could create your own dorm room. That's kind of what it is. And they said there's going to be Jordan memorabilia on the wall. Like, they're going to have his game-worn sneakers that he wore one year. And apparently his student ID card mm -hmm. will also be in there. Um, so 
I they didn't set the price, but they're currently trading it. So if you're in Chapel Hill, and I'm imagining that's probably going to be a room that's going to cost a little more than mm. the rest of them, but if you want to take in and relive Jordan's college days, you can do so. Yeah. So there, there you go there. Nice. Um, another thing we got, uh, so <clears throat> did you know that uh, <clears throat> Florida now has nine of the top ten jersey sales in the NFL? I did, actually. We did cover that on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, for those who don't know, it's Tua, Brady, and Gronk take nine of the top ten spots, um, and Joe Burrow, is in the number eight spot. So I feel like people are really amped up about all the Florida teams. Um, maybe not the Jaguars, yeah. but they're amped about the Bucks and the Dolphins pretty heavily. So hopefully that will pan out and people will, it would be a worthwhile purchase because I've gotten jerseys over the years and I've regretted getting them <laughs> because they'll either get traded shortly after I get it or the guy will be a bust or, you know, it's, I get it, and I'm like, wow, this is a really worthwhile purchase. And then, oh, maybe it really wasn't. The and people who, uh, uh, back in 07, the Oakland, then Oakland Raider fans who bought a Jamarcus Russell jersey. And, and for the record, Ryan, I am amped about the Jaguars. I wore my Garner Minshew jersey yesterday because he's going to lead them. He, he's he's going to silence the doubters. All right. I'm glad you're <laughs> feeling positive about it. I'm trying to make I mean, myself, I'm trying to make myself feel positive. I have, you know, I have a Ricky Williams Dolphins jersey. Mm. Um, I had a, growing up, I had a Dan Marley Phoenix Suns jersey. Yeah. I had a Harold Miner Miami Heat jersey. Mm. I had, um, what else did I have for football? Um, I got a gold, my wife bought me a Lions jersey, a Golden Tate jersey <laughs> one year because she's like, hey, you know, you could fit in up here. You know, you can have a Lions jersey. And then he got traded the next year. <laughs> and so I was like, so that was a worthwhile purchase we had. And because uh, jerseys aren't cheap. No. As people know, they're, they're actually can be quite expensive, especially hockey jerseys. Yeah. And so, <laughs> I mean, I had so many jerseys of guys who got either traded or had a couple good years. And as soon as I bought it, completely bottomed <laughs> out and, uh, so hopefully those jerseys will be worthwhile to the people who bought them. Um, I'm going to end it on this note. Uh, there's a there's a funny Chris Long thing. I don't know if you saw it. Uh, T.J. Lang created uh, told this story about when the Packers were playing the Rams on Twitter, and they're going and they're at the line of scrimmage. It's like a short play, um, and Aaron Rodgers calls an audible. And Chris Long, you know, played for the Eagles, played for the Patriots, won Super Bowls. He's at that time, he's with the Rams. And Aaron Rodgers calls out, um, pull, 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 which means they're switching the side and it's going to be on the left instead of on the right. So then Chris Long apparently had some fun with it and said, hey, Aaron, pull these nuts. <laughs> <laughs> That apparently got the entire Packers line of scrimmage laughing <laughs> hysterically, and they got stuffed on that play and turned the ball over. So 
I thought, what a clever way <laughs> to throw everybody off their game and be funny at the same time. So I give Chris Long, who's actually really funny on Twitter, a lot of credit for doing that. And uh, it sounds like something he'd do anyway. So um, I'm wondering how many other players have done that to make a comment like that, just to throw, <laughs> get everybody out of sync. And, uh, and they did. They was like fourth down, like fourth and one, and they got stuffed. So, you know, kudos to Chris Long for being Well, that's a good note to end it on. That's the way we want to get sent into our Memorial Day weekend. The Friday Funnies with Ryan Stieg, always how we like to end the week here on ESPN-UP. Appreciate you as always, Ryan. Stay safe, be well, enjoy your Memorial Day. I, I will hopefully get out and do some stuff, so that'll be good. That's it for us. Once again, the holiday means that there will be no sports pen on Monday. Office will be closed. So join us Tuesday, 4 Eastern, 3 Central. Hope to see you there. For Ryan Stieg, I'm Tanner Hoops. Have a great weekend from all of us here at ESPN-UP, WZAM, Ishpeming, Marquette.